What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. The Power Rankings Show. Boy, the music went out there very quick. The keyboard player just said, I'm done. I haven't been paid. I'm out. Uh, yeah, that shocked me. I'm Elliot Harrison, and I'm pleased to be joined, as always, with the one and only, the uh, Earth Tone t-shirt wearing at Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello, sir. Elliot, how are you doing today? I'm good. I uh, I I just found out offline as we were signing on. By the way, Marcus never really asked me how I am, unless he either on this podcast or at night. So if you think it's fake him asking me, he doesn't ask me when we're on the phone beforehand. So it really is a. I just assume that you're Elliot, great all the time. You? Yeah. So uh, that being said, but Marcus uh, informed me like right before we came on the podcast what he's been up to, and it's pretty interesting stuff. I'm going to share that with you guys in a second. Uh, we're going to talk some guys on the move. Today, uh, there's been some cuts, some notable cuts, uh, I should say. And also the combine. If you are of the uh, combine predilection, uh, you are going to be extremely excited about tomorrow because tomorrow is the start of the what? This would be, I believe, they started the combine in 87. So that would make this the 37th combine. Is that right? 36. They didn't have one in 2021 because Ah, of COVID. 36. But... uh, you could also just say if you're a huge nerd, you're looking forward to the combine. That's an easier way to say it. Yeah, I'm not a big combine guy. Admittedly, we're going to do a podcast uh, tomorrow and we're going to talk a little bit like a podcast primer, kind of like what you should look for, why you should be into it, and then maybe some reasons you shouldn't be. Uh, so I'm going to have a bunch of really good questions for Marcus. Uh, we're going to do that tomorrow. Uh, and if you guys are curious, the combine got started in 1987 because they wanted to just get all these college players together in one place. Um, instead of having data collected at the schools where the tracks were different, all the conditions were different for the 40-yard dash and things like that. I'll give a little bit of a history of that when we do our, our Combine Primer podcast, if you guys are so interested in such things. Um, Marcus certainly is. It's like D&D for Marcus. He like I can't sleep the night before. The it's so combine. fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, loaded up on cherry coke for the weekend i'm excited oh my gosh yeah you're loaded up on the combine that's for sure um i wanted to say that i do think the combine is important but i do think that these guys that have been cut are pretty important too so we're going to get to that real quick though a couple of big events in marcus's life uh this week number one the man bought a truck and it's not long it's not long go ahead why don't you tell everybody what you plan on doing sometime this week uh, I mean, other than just taking my selfie in the truck way up high with my <laughs> my hat on and my sunglasses on, other than that, yeah. <laughs> there's that. And I'm then not doing that. <laughs> we're in the part of the uh, off season where Marcus uh, likes to occasionally take in an old game. And so he was telling me what old game he took in. I'll let you tell everybody. And I was I was able to guess from the little data you gave me. And this is so random. So yeah. first of all, what game were you watching and why did you choose this one? So I was watching a Dallas Cowboy game in 1996. Uh, it was Cowboys and Falcons at uh, Texas Stadium. The Cowboys were uh, four and, or excuse me, three and three at the time. And the Falcons were 0 and six. So I gave Elliot the, the information. The Cowboys were 15 point favorites against this team. What game was I watching? And you, of course, were able to figure it out. Well, when when I did figure it out, I didn't get any reaction from Marcus at all. Well, just like, I just, you know, I'm just expecting. So yeah. you want to know how I started watching this game? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I was watching Dion highlights and it just popped up as like one of the suggested uh, games on the side. I'm like, you know what? I'll throw it on YouTube while I 
look for some trucks uh, on my <laughs> laptop. So I started watching it and really, really fun game. Came down to uh, kind of the last possession. Troy Aikman hit Calvin. Can Martin. I guess? Yeah, oh, come on. That's what I was going to say. I was gonna. I was gonna say my memory of that game is Troy Aikman hitting Kelvin Martin, Kmart, mm-hmm. for like what it wasn't a long bomb. It was more like a, a deep slant and kind of run, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even really a deep slant. It was like ten yards, and he yeah. took it the rest of the way. It, uh, pretty unbelievable play. Man, Kelvin Martin was one of those dudes who, if you are a Cowboy fan or you collected football cards back then, you knew who he was, obviously. But such a clutch little guy, man. And he was—he was—he was a little receiver. He's from Boston College. He uh, played for Philadelphia and Seattle as well. My friend Suzzy, who's a big Eagles fan, punt return in 91 knocked the greatest defense of all time out of the playoffs the 91 eagles uh and if you don't believe me on greatest defense of all time look up the 91 eagles numbers they'll blow you away it's Mm -hmm. unbelievable um uh they never get talked about by the way that group and um i'm trying to remember you told me that bobby abear started now that i don't i remember that bobby abear was a backup uh, but you told me he started that game and after you complained about his the way his name is spelled it is it's dumb yeah, so we should call it Justin Abear. Um, I I remember that year now. That's the year. Did you ever see the video from, I think it was Sunday Night Football, where Jeff George gets into it with June Jones, the head coach? And yes. they're like yes. bickering at each other. But it's not like they're yelling, like Jeff George has, or June Jones has his arms folded. And Jeff George, you could tell they're just sniping at each other. And it's one of those arguments like, okay, that was it. That was the last word. But then one guy's like, I'm not going to let him have the last word. I'm yeah. going to have the last word. And they just went back and forth. And it was embarrassing. I think it was a game against Philadelphia. And that was the end of the Jeff George era. He went to the Raiders the next year, um, played there for two years, and he played in Minnesota and so on and so forth. But um, Bobby Hebert, longtime New Orleans Saint, former USFL quarterback mm-hmm. for the Michigan Panthers and Oakland Invaders actually had to be the Falcons quarterback. So I think it's really cool that you watch that game, but it's so weird. At the same, you always pick random. It's just because it, it was it was on the side. I'm like, you know what? I don't think I I don't remember watching this game. I don't think I've seen it recently. So let's watch it. So it was fun. So also, you would have been about another five. Thing, yeah, another thing that was cool about that game, John Madden and Pat Summerall did it. So that's another reason why I like watching it. Yeah, I mean, I will say the '95 Falcons did make the playoffs. They lost to Green Bay. Uh, this was not a bad team, but '96 they fell apart. That led to Dan Reeves being hired in 97. Of course, you remember the Dirty Bird Falcons. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Anderson. the Falcons Broncos Super Bowl even as a, like a little little tyke? See, that's the first Super Bowl that I remember watching as a kid. Yeah, Dan Reeves, second most underrated head coach of all time. Uh, that's that's my. I, I would. I think Dan Reeves should be in the Hall of Fame. Freddie Kitchens the, number one. Yeah, Freddie Kitchens number one. Um, you know, and then it's a long line. I've gone Mike Malarkey. Uh, Dave Campo, Doug Marone, you know, Doug Marone. Yeah. Yeah. Remember all the, the Buffalo bills. Uh, they had like Malarkey Marone. Uh, Marone actually did a pretty good job for them. Uh, they had Dick Duron. Dick Duron. Yeah. Yeah. I could never keep that straight. I was so worried when I had to take an entrance exam to work at NFL network. And uh, one story always leads to another. I apologize. We're going to get to the guys that just recently got cut, but I had to tell the story. Back when I applied at the NFL, I was working at Fox Sports at the time. I had to take an entrance exam. I had to like take an NFL exam and there were 50 questions on it. And have I told you this story before offline? No. Yeah. 
And so after my interview and everything, they said, look, we, we just, we make everybody do this. That's going to work in our core production group. I was working behind the camera at the time or as pl- applying for a behind the camera job. And they said, especially for your group, it's really important that you guys know your stuff. So we need to see that. So you get all sorts of questions like who won Super Bowl 10? Uh, one of them was, can you name, you know, the coach, all the coaches in the AFC East, that kind of thing. Yep. And I was so, I had so much uh, anxiety that I was going to forget who the Bills head coach was because they had so many of these guys. <laughs> they did. And I was just going to write the wrong one down. And it turns out I got 49 out of 50 questions right. The one question I got wrong was they had like six people and you had to identify who they were. Mm. One of them was Virginia McCaskey, George Hallis's daughters. That was a hard one. I got that one. But the players that they showed, they were these small little pictures and they were kind of, you remember when like you're a little distorted. Yeah. You'd print off the internet and you get like this thing that looks like it's a, you know, a little, little pixelated. Yeah. Or an artsy yeah. piece from like 1969 sure. where it's not supposed to look like the guy, like the Tom Brady sketch yes. in the courtroom. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so who'd you miss? It's the funniest thing. I missed Keith Brooking. I'll um, get out of here. I did. I missed Keith Brooking. His hair wasn't poofy like it always was. Remember how his hair was always poofy when yeah. he'd be yelling? It was short. It was really short. And he had a red background. And yeah, but how, just, could you, how could you miss the giant Adam's apple that he just had? I, I know. I Believe me, I was so <laughs> mad at myself after I missed it. But remember, it was a grainy picture and... um. He was playing for the Cowboys at the time, and my brain just didn't connect the maroon with, yeah. oh, yeah, Keith Brooking had a great career for the Falcons. Former anyway, Cowboy, that's, great. That's, I couldn't believe it when, when I asked the guy, he goes, you did great on the test. He goes, you missed one, though. And I said, "Who did I? what did I miss? And he goes, Keith Brooking? I'm like, of all things to miss. So that's, how, that's how you tie it back to the beginning, watching Cowboys-Falcons. It's a linebacker that played for both teams. So there you go. Actually, I think 96 was Keith Brookings' first year in the league, it was. if I'm not yeah. mistaken. It was. Um, so did he play for the Cowboys in 09, 08, 09? I think it was 08, yeah. Yeah, because they had Zach Thomas for a minute, too. Oh, uh, yeah. And remember, there were rumors that Brian Urlacher was going to go there um, after his tenure with the Bears ended, which is a great segue to we have some older veterans who have been cut. Uh, some of them, this is the only team they've ever been with. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are signings that were disappointing. Some are just typical financial moves. Marcus is going to go through them and then kind of ask me some questions. I, yeah. I have no idea what he's going to ask me, so I'm ready. Basically, what I want to know, I want you to to tell me, is this guy done? Can he still play? And if he can, where would you like to see him land? Uh, first guy mm, up, okay. Taylor Lewan. Uh, all pro left tackle hasn't played a lot over the last couple of years, but uh, was released by Titans. Where would you like to see him land? Well, you know, so first of all, I think he has something left in the tank, but I think for Taylor Lewan, he's had a really good career, uh, but staying on the field has been a problem. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, look, a lot of that, I, I say that not as an insult to the player, you know, injuries are bad luck. I've had sports injuries. Um, I know how it feels to not be able to get out on the field and or run track or whatever um, hamstrings were my culprit. But for Lawan, he's had more serious injuries. And um, I think a team that's, uh, as I like to tell you, is right there, Marcus, and they know they're there and they're going for it is the kind of team that he needs to sign with. And I think he deserves to get a shot at winning a championship. He's still young enough uh, to compete. Mm-hmm. 
So I'd like to see a team. Um, also, I'd want a coach that understands him. You know, he's a different guy. He is a different so guy. I, I kind of lean towards Sean Payton a little bit, but <clears throat> but I don't think the Broncos are as close as the Chargers are. I think the Chargers would be an interesting spot. Um, I think the Bengals are a really interesting spot. Um, I don't know if I could top the Bengals. And, and just thinking off the cuff here, a team that really could use a tackle, um, an upgrade. Um, I, I think the Bengals are the right spot, right? Because uh, I think they need a little bit of nasty uh, on their mm-hmm. offensive line. Mm-hmm. And he, Luan's already said that he'd like to play for the Bengals. Jonah Williams, their left tackle, is scheduled to become a free agent. I like this fit a lot. And the good thing for the Bengals is it's not going to cost them a lot, right? Like, I think a one-year, $5 million deal for a 31-year-old offensive lineman is more than fair. So I think Luan is going to end up on a contender, and I think the Bengals do make a lot of sense. Can I give you, because I'm probably going to pass on some of these because they don't move the needle for me, That's but fine. Taylor Luan does. Um I'm going to give you an NFC wild card on this, incidentally. I'm going to go back to the well. I'm going to go Dallas Cowboys. If Terrence Steele ends up with another team, which I don't think is going to happen. Through restricted I don't think you – Yep. Yeah, I I, I don't – right, because that means the Cowboys get a chance to match the offer. I just don't want to go down that well. Yeah, you got it. Um, Jason Peters and and Tyron Smith are awfully – I don't want to call them shaky. These are Hall of Fame caliber players, but, you know – of course, would you want to have three that's, that's potential issue, injury right? concerns at one position? Well, group? I would look at it as low money insurance. And then on top of that, Terrence Steele tore his ACL. Like he, he's rehabbing yeah. as well. So I got to believe the Cowboys probably won't do that. But I do think maybe Buffalo, right? They've had some problems with their offensive line since that. makes some sense. Uh, no, I think Minnesota's good. They've got Derisaw. I know he missed time last year, and Brian O'Neill. Yeah, I think they're that fine. Hurt, that hurt them when they did, though. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you one more. What about New England? Sure. I think. I think Bill Belichick would be able to figure out Taylor Luan and put him in a good situation there. I, yeah, I like that. You know what? I didn't even think of New England. That's why you're Marcus Mosher. Actually, you're at Marcus yeah, underscore Marcus. Mosher. Go That's ahead. my real Next name. Next up, nice uh, a favorite of yours, Robert Woods. I, we touched on him uh, a week ago when he got released. I still think he can play a little bit. Where would you like to see him end up? Well, let me say it this way. I don't think you can find a team in the league that couldn't use a Robert Woods. I, I mean, true. I mean that truthfully. Tell me a team that couldn't use him. Uh, he's a hard-nosed, gritty player. He's got good hands. He runs good routes. Um, I mean, his old teammates want him back. Cooper Rush, yeah. I think. I mean, not Cooper Rush. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Cooper yeah, Cup. Cooper Cup. Uh, would like to have him back, but I imagine Cooper Rush wouldn't mind it if he went sure. to the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are not a bad landing spot for him. I I wouldn't like this for him, but I'd love it if a team like the Falcons, who's trying, who are trying to build some kind of nucleus, could get a guy like that. To I feel like a lot of these young teams need a player like that. The Chicago Bears need mm-hmm. a player like that for Justin Fields. Now, I wouldn't like that for Robert Woods because I'd like for Robert Woods to be able to go win a championship. And when the Rams won, uh, you know, he had had the banged up knee. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you think? Buffalo had a hard time last year. Cole Beasley is probably not going to play. No. Um, the the kid they drafted didn't exactly have a great year. Um, and to be honest, one of my favorite players, uh, Gabe Davis, you know, had some big down. drops for them. Yep. 
Yeah. So what would you think about Robert Woods for Buffalo to compliment Stephon Diggs? Going back home to Buffalo, the team that drafted him. That's they know fit. him well. It yeah. wasn't like a bad departure or anything. No, no. It, it was unfortunate that Woods spent most of his time with some pretty average at best quarterbacks, right? Now he goes to an offense where he doesn't need to be the guy. In fact, he's not even the second guy. Like he can just come in, block, play out of the slot, uh, gives them some insurance. I, I like that fit quite a bit. I'll, I'll give you one more. What about Cleveland? They've got Amari Cooper on the outside. Donovan Peoples-Jones is kind of their field stretcher. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Woods in that offense, you just need somebody to move the chains that can block when you need them to block. I think that's a good fit for him kind of at this stage of his career. And honestly, some leadership in that locker room. Sure. Uh, w- why not? By the way, we are, you know, <laughs> emblematic of our regions at all as you just bought a big truck and I've got a tall venti mocha, uh, <laughs> whatever, I'm sipping on. Okay. Uh, typical, very typical. What's next? Uh, next? Kenny Galladay. Uh, one of the worst contracts you'll ever see. I think the Giants ended up paying him $40 million for 36 catches over two seasons. Um, is there anything left here? I got it. I got the team. Broncos. Mm. I would love for a guy like Sean Payton to sit down with this guy and say, hey, it it is what it is right now irrespective of whatever is transpired uh, in your career, uh, we're going to get this offense moving and you can be a part of it and resurrect your career. You're not going to be a thousand yard receiver. We have other receivers, but you can show people that you can still play, but you're at that point in your career where people are wondering what's left, what else is there? And I think Sean Payton's that kind of guy uh, that could do that uh, and, and speak with a receiver like this, frankly, I think Mike Vrabel could probably do that as well, but I don't think Mike Vrabel is going to want a Kenny Galladay. Um, I think you need a strong-willed head coach that can communicate but also isn't going to tolerate any kind of nonsense. You come here, you play hard, and you do it. I mean, we probably know he's going to Baltimore, right? That's like my least favorite fit in the whole wide world. Yeah. Uh, how about the Rams? I don't think the Allen Robinson thing is going to work out at all. No. We've seen Galladay be successful with Matt Stafford. They need somebody who can maybe stretch the field a little bit. What do you think about that fit? I think it's a risk. I don't think the Rams are the team they were last year. I also don't think they're the Super Bowl team anymore, but I think they can get back to competing. And I think Sean McVay, uh, you know, would not have come back if. Uh, unless something else transpires this summer and, you know, yeah. but I, 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 if they were just going to tank it, you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. I'd actually rather see Cooper Cubs recruitment work. I agree. get Robert Woods back in the building. All right. Next one. Uh, Marcus Mariota cut by the Falcons after a pretty rough season. Uh, where, where would you like to see him land? Ooh. I think Marcus Mariota can still be a solid, solid backup in the league, but I think that's what he is. Now, the cool thing with him, if you if he goes to a contender and not with a team that's using him as a bridge quarterback to Desmond Ritter, because let's be honest, that's kind of what Atlanta has done. Um, if he went to a contender, you can use his legs in special packages. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raiders did this, right, a couple of years ago. Why not, if you're somebody, I'm just throwing this out there, why not if you're someone like Cincinnati? Yeah, you've got a great quarterback, but 
but you don't want say, and I'm just pulling this team out. Kansas city would be another one. Chad Henney just retired where if your quarterback either gets banged up, you have a good guy waiting in the wings, or if you want to go to a separate package and be creative on offense, which I think the Bengals and chiefs could both do and use Mariota's strengths while also having him as a quality backup. Or do you hate that? No, I don't hate it at all. I was just thinking if you're the Bengals, right. And you get into these third and one, fourth and ones, you just do these, you know, everybody pushes the pile. Why not bring Mariota in instead of letting Burrow take that punishment, right? Yes. And just yes. use him that way. My favorite fit, though, for him would be Philadelphia. Like, go play behind Jalen Hurts, a, I don't want to call them similar style of quarterback, but I think they have some similarities. Go replace Gardner Minshew, who's a free agent. Go sit behind Hurts, get healthy, and then if you need to come in and play a half, and you could run the ball, throw the ball a few times to the tight ends and to A.J. Brown, and be more than fine. What about the Chargers? I know they've been rolling with Chase Daniel. Just a thought. Um, I'd rather again, see them I'm sign Cooper Rush. I'd rather see them sign Cooper okay. Rush, to be honest. Okay. Would you consider Mariota for Dallas if Cooper Rush went to the Chargers? No, because I don't know if he's accurate enough to play in a Mike McCarthy offense. I think Philly is a better fit. Okay. Okay. Uh, next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Washington Commanders. Can you guess who we're going to talk about here? Yeah, yeah. Uh Bobby Carson. McCain. Yeah. So I'm, I mean <laughs> Carson Wentz. I I think if there's a backup quarterback at all, I don't know. Man. If there's a backup quarterback out there that like makes sense for Dallas, as you mentioned, I think it's Wentz. But I'll be honest, I kind of don't want him in the locker room at all. It, it may not be fair. It really may not be fair for there's something there's some kind of aura that comes with this player. Don't wouldn't you agree? Where he's never really done anything bad. No, I, they're just you, you just you just there's some friction there. I would say right in the locker yeah. room with Carson Wentz. There seems to be a pervading feeling about him and his career that is not appetizing to anyone. And again, I hate to repeat the same mantra with Kenny Galladay. And I'm not saying it should be Sean Payton, but I think if Carson Wentz is going to remove that stigma, it sure would help to do it with a coach that is experienced and can talk to him straight up and get him on the right path um, to resurrecting his career. And in some ways, could that be New England? Could it be that you know Bill Belichick's a non no nonsense coach, but he's, you know, the Patriots have always been good to, at playing to their players' strengths. Could I, I'm just throwing a team out there. I just don't, I don't want to see Carson Wentz go to a team like Miami. I'd rather them roll with uh, Skylar Thompson behind Tua. And I don't really want I Carson agree. Wentz to be my starter. I think Carson needs to go somewhere where he is the clear backup. And he's no threat at all to take the starting quarterback job. Like just fully embrace right. the backup job. Yeah, I don't want New Orleans to go get Carson. Right. Wentz. And I don't want him in Carolina competing with Sam Darnold either. No. No. What about um Jacksonville? Backing up Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson's offense. Sure, I guess, but you know, I know I'm not of this camp. I'm not of this camp. You know how I am. Quit babying these guys. You know, I don't care if they're looking over their shoulder, but, but if you are of the camp, Hey, you don't, cause I know you 
look at that a little differently than I am. Do you really want Trevor Lawrence even thinking that? I know Trevor Lawrence had a good year last year, but he's still a young guy. I don't think he would worry about Wentz, to be honest. Okay. Okay. I mean, Wentz is a former second overall pick. You know, it's we're not talking about an eighth round guy. You know, we're not bringing in, you know, Bobby Hebert. Actually, Bobby Hebert had a nice career. So Uh, Bobby Hebert had a nicer career than Carson Wentz, actually, I think, uh, but. All right, next one. We yeah. could tell that the silence there was a little deafening when it came yeah. to... Uh, I, I don't know what to make of him. I'll be honest, I don't. But I, I said I wouldn't talk about all these guys that much if they didn't move the needle, and here I am, uh, you know, diary uh, of the mouth over here. That's Sorry. fine. Uh, next one, Leonard Fournette. I don't know, man. I, I Leonard Fournette in 2022 did not look like Leonard Fournette of 2021 or 2020 to me. Okay, now... <clears throat> Did I watch every Tampa Bay game meticulously watching Leonard Fournette's burst? No, but I've always thought of Leonard Fournette as having more long speed, Marcus, than being like a super, you know, hit the hole fast guy. Yep. Um, he's not Tony Pollard. No. Um, I mean, Leonard Fournette, what he came out in the 17 draft, is that right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So we're looking at this is going to be year seven. Um, I think his best days are probably behind him. Now, I will say to his benefit, I don't know that he has un- like terrible wear and tear, so to speak. Um, but after the Cowboy game in week one last year, we've been mentioning the Cowboys a lot, a lot. I apologize. It just happens that Tampa Bay opened up against them. He had that great game, and I didn't really see that Leonard Fournette much the yeah. rest of the year. So I, I, I don't know how much is there. All right, two fits for you. What about okay. in Phil- Philadelphia is likely going to lose Miles Sanders in free agency. I think they like Penny Gamewell quite a bit, but Gamewell might be 200 pounds, might be 200 pounds. I think Fournette as like the hammer or just the short yardage back, the goal line back, who can also catch out of the backfield a little bit. He has 200 receptions over the last four years. Maybe there as like a part-time guy, but my favorite fit, New England. I saw Bill Belichick with LeGarrette Blunt Blunt at the age of 28 win two Super Bowls with Blunt as a starter. Then Blunt went to Philly in 2017, and he was the starting running back there. I think Belichick could get enough out of Fournette as a short yardage running back and as a third down guy to be useful. Can I give you another one? Sure. I'll give you two. Uh, Both NFC West teams, the Rams and the Niners. First of all, the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey came out also in what, 17 or 18? Same draft. Same draft. Yeah, same draft, right? 17. Um, Same deal there. It's going to be year seven. And Christian McCaffrey does have a lot of mileage, a lot of mileage because he's caught so many balls. I don't think you want Christian McCaffrey being your thumper. Um, If they don't go, uh, you know, with uh, (laughs) Trey Lance this year, you're going to have less running from your quarterback position, right? So why not have a guy that can help you out so you're not using Debo inside the five? Elijah Mitchell had some injury problems last year. And again, this is a team that's there. So I don't know that Leonard Fournette is going to care that much if he only gets 80 carries. Uh, If he gets 80 carries and 10 touchdowns and he wins a Super Bowl, you think he's going to be upset? No. Um, The other one are the Rams. The Rams have had such trouble at the running back position, and I think they could use a thumper as well if, if, again – if Leonard Fournette would want to play, you know, for them. Uh, I just know the Rams, they've had a lot of trouble. That has been the Rams big hole. Wouldn't you say? Over the last few years. Right. 
Yeah, uh, and I'm just talking about a guy that can take some carries, or do you hate both of those? No, no, I, I think the Rams are a better fit. I'm going to ask you a question. I don't think he's going to either of these places, but you tell me where he what he feels like. Is Does Fournette feel like a Cardinal or a Raven to you? Because every washed up running, <laughs> every running back that's kind of washed yeah. up goes to Arizona. Yeah, but he's a little too high profile for Baltimore, maybe um, at this stage. I think he needs to be more far gone. Yeah, and I'm not sure that he's washed up. I'm not, they I'm had, not ready to go there yet. They had what Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake and yeah, Mike I, Davis. I don't think we could say that about Fournette yet, man. I I, I don't think we can. I but, think we're teetering uh, though. Yeah. Hey, we might be. We might be. Uh, you know, look, if Dallas can't get an arrangement with Zeke, would you consider bringing him in to fill? No? Yeah, I would. No, I would. Oh, okay. I said, heck yeah. Because uh, I think he's a better receiver than Zeke, and I think he can do the short yardage stuff if you need him to do that. But yes. uh, we got another yes. Tampa Bay player, yeah, Donovan go. Smith, their left yeah. tackle. He has been decent over the last couple of years. He had a down 2022 season, but there's a lot of teams that need offensive linemen uh, help. Where could you see Donovan Smith landing? He's a young enough player. Um, 29. Yeah, but at tackle, I don't feel like that's a problem. No, no, I'm saying that in a yeah. positive. Like, he's oh, okay. only 29. Yeah, I mean, I think tackles can play at a really high level until about 34. Now, I know, 100% we, have, I know we have other tackles that have played even beyond that. But I think you can anticipate that a high-level tackle can play well until around 34 years old. Mm-hmm. So, um Again, I hate to repeat myself on this because uh, that's just what I said for Taylor Lewan. But this is another player that I would like to see go to a team that thinks it's there, that's willing to pay a little bit more. So if you had to look at the playoff field of 14 teams that we had, what team do you like out of that group? Because that's the group that I would want to focus on is a team where he thinks he can go. Because look, man, he just got a taste with Tom Brady. Yep. You know, I'm sure he's going to want to go somewhere. I don't know that he's going to want to play with a guy like that again, who right. can be pretty hard on his offensive line. Look, we know Kansas City doesn't need him, but Cincinnati, I think, once again, is another spot that you can look at here. Um, I I'll, don't think I'll, Miami. Go ahead. No, because they've got Teron Armstead. I think Buffalo yeah, continues I, I, to make a lot of sense for for all yeah. of these kind of aging offensive linemen, where all you need is a year, right? Just give us one year of good play. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if you see some of these other teams that are trying to become contenders Raiders. You know, I mean, if he wants to play right tackle, yeah. Cause I, I like Colt Miller at left tackle quite a bit or Arizona, uh, Arizona's yeah, offensive but, line. But when we're talking about a guy that's been cut, who's going to make decent coin. If you can play right tackle, that's a huge boon. That's uh, a huge boon. What about, now, what about not everybody Pittsburgh? can do it. Pittsburgh really needs left tackle yeah. help. Yeah, but today are they there? You know, are they even close to there? I, I, I know. Look, before you give me the stat about them being eight, eight and one, or whatever the stat that you love, can you get? Can we? Can we no, roll out I, your favorite? But stat? I think they need. No? They need to have. I want you to roll out help your Kenny Pickett. Ah, uh, it's fine. They need Kenny Pickett to get a little bit more help. Hey, everybody, work with me here. Do you know that Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record? It's fantastic. Great. Awesome. Okay, uh, let me let me throw another one out at you. What about the Giants? Well, they have Andrew Thomas, and yes. they they ha- drafted Evan Neal in the first round last year. But 
You could also Neil Evan Neal was also an All American guard at Alabama, so maybe you can do some shuffling there just to get your best five on the field. I'm just I'm just gonna throw out throw out a couple here. Okay, um, how do you look at Green Bay at this point? So that's one that's really interesting. Like, do you trust David Bautiari at all? And but but there's multiple mitigating factors here. Also, what's Green Bay's future right now? Yep. I mean, is is it Jordan Love? And if it is Jordan Love, are you good enough at the receiver position for Jordan Love to excel? You know, Green. I would argue Green Bay's skill slots outside of running back are in the bottom bottom tier of the league. Yeah, Chicago. Donovan Smith's not going to want to play there unless they pay big time money, yeah, and I don't I see them be. doing that. Uh, look, some of these are stretches, but you're you know you're asking me off yeah. the cuff, like, yeah. and and I'm I'm I'm. I'm trying to yeah. not just spitball here with you, but thinking about what makes sense for the player and what I, I still like looking at the the playoff grouping. And as I was going through and I was trying to think, well, I just don't think Miami would be it. And we already used Cincinnati. I think your suggestion of Buffalo is the one that I like the best. Uh, and let's move on to Buffalo. Now I cheated a little bit here. This isn't a player, but we haven't okay. talked about him yet. Okay. Uh, Leslie Frazier. Uh, not going to coach. Okay, I was wondering. 20- I was like, uh, all right, dog on yeah. it. I was like, who, who, who am I missing? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Leslie Frazier, not going to coach in 2023. Sean sure. McDermott said it's not a guarantee that he's back in 2024. Some rumblings have taken off for personal issues, and there's also some concern that maybe Buffalo wanted to start over on defense. So I, I don't want to talk about where Leslie Frazier is going to land, but what should Buffalo do on defense without him? No. Do they let just let McDermott, let McDermott just take over? Let me start here. Leslie Frazier's had a fine career, mm-hmm. like a really outstanding career as a coordinator. He became Minnesota's coach when Brad Childress got fired, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good coach. And by the way, Leslie Frazier was a pretty good corner. Leslie Frazier was the starting corner on the 85 Bears defense. Did you know that? I didn't know that, that one. Um, I believe it was a punt return in Super Bowl 20 that he tore up his knee. It was either an interception return or a punt return, but I'm pretty sure it was a punt return, and he didn't play. That ruined his career. He was in like mm. year five, man. Can you imagine you're in year five right as a corner? That is like when your athleticism is really great, but your knowledge of what they're trying to do is equally great. Mm-hmm. And you're on the best defense maybe in the history of the league or, or what people consider to be. And you're a starter and you're making videos and then boom, your career has gone like that. And then you end up turning into, you have a great second life as a coach. Um, anyway, that's enough on Leslie Frazier. We've just never talked about him before. Yeah. Sean McDermott was a good defensive coordinator for Philadelphia. He went to Carolina. Uh, I'm all for Sean McDermott taking it over. What Sean McDermott's going to have to ask himself though, if he were to do that is who on that staff does he trust to help him with game management? Yeah, and I don't think that's an admission of of um, incompetence. To no, say, no, no, hey, not at all. I need a little help. You know, uh, I need some eyes in the sky for me. Go ahead. I, I just wonder too if Buffalo was like, you know, hey, in twenty twenty we got shredded by the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. In 2021, we got shredded by the Chiefs in the divisional round, and we gave up a field goal with 13 seconds left. In 2022, the Bengals ran the ball all th- you know through us on defense. Do we 
as great as Frazier is, is it time to just kind of part ways and go in a different direction? I, I just wonder if that's what's going on here. Maybe so, but I'm going to use your own logic about some of your favorite players and coaches. Uh, you know, do we really want to use a series of one game sample sizes to judge someone's career? You no, know, and I'm not so. trying to be a jerk by saying that, but, but when you and I have discussions about some other guys that yep. comes up a lot with you because you, and I don't want to speak for you here, but your feeling is we need to catalog and two or three one-off games is not enough of a catalog. Now, if we're talking five to seven, right. I think that would be a different deal. Um, well, I, we just know, I just, I have a lot of know, respect for Leslie. Frazier. Yeah. And we know that some of these organizations are a little bit, um, fickle, right? Like yeah. sometimes they just want to move on to the next best thing or try something different just for the sake of trying something different. But I'm going to be really curious to see who Buffalo hires or what they do here, because this is one of the top five teams in the NFL. And this defense has been really, really good over the last three or four years. So they've got to nail this one. So out of all these, these eight that you've asked me, which one do you think I'm the most curious about? Uh, Taylor, the one. Actually, him and Bobby Trees, both. Yeah, I figure. Um, but I like your number one question too, man. I like it a lot, and it will be interesting uh, to see who's going to want to spend money on either tackle here. Um, so, uh, some of these others don't move the needle as much for me. Carson Wentz doesn't move the needle as much. Shocking. And, yeah, and Marcus Mariota either, just because I, you know, I kind of, I think he's a big I know name what he though. Is. Two former yes. second or number two overall picks on this list. Oh, hey, right? hey, man, no, no doubt, no doubt. But those are my thoughts. Uh, as always, I give you the last thought on the podcast. So please, sir. Oh, man, I never get the last thought. This is awesome. Uh, no, I should just mention that there's a big story coming out of the combine uh, on Wednesday. Jalen Carter, a lot of people's number one player in the draft, uh, has an arrest warrant out for his involvement in a, uh, seems like a drag racing thing that was going on. It's shocking sometimes how all this stuff kind of gets uncovered at the uh, NFL Combine, which is one of the reasons I do like it is because you can't hide anything. I'm sure we're going to be learning a lot more over the next couple of days. Yeah, that's a not fun story. That's for sure. Um, but we're, you know, again, with the Combine, we're going to do a primer uh, tomorrow. We will talk a little bit more about that. I want to talk a little bit about old games, too, for a couple minutes tomorrow. But that's enough for today. We appreciate you guys joining us. If you want to catch more Marcus's takes, listen to Locked On Cowboys. He does it with Landon McCool. Landon does a great job. Give him a follow. He's a huge proponent of our podcast. Also, Marcus covers the Raiders for USA Today and he writes for Pro Football focus.org no.com uh i am at harrison nfl on twitter he's at marcus underscore mosher on twitter we will talk to you guys tomorrow we thank the good folks at brinks and we'll see you later bye-bye